Hello, welcome to The Garage. I'm Scott Lanahan. And I'm Joe Ubel. Today's topic, we're going to be talking about associations. Yeah, this is going to be a fun one for the people that need to find a place in the uh, association-driven townhomes type things. I think uh, it would be really helpful in knowing what to expect. Well, I think you and I are always surprised. Uh, you know, there's certain properties that just, you know, fall under an association. Condos, townhomes... Detached townhomes. It usually has the word townhome condo attached right, to it. Right. But then, uh, you know, there's some single family homes that fall under an association. Yeah. So I think it's important for us to kind of maybe address that. Yeah. Kind of what that means to a buyer. Yep. Some of the things that you should maybe be focused on that you might not be, especially if it's a single family home. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Why don't you first start with, you know, um, break down each one, what might might be in each situation. You know, so maybe a condo, you know, situation, for example, you know, what are you expecting out of a condo uh, to uh, be, could be, you know, a large um, apartment type condo building. It could be manor style. Um, And those associations are going to do different things, right? Yeah. Well, I think more importantly, when we look at uh, an association, I think one of the big things that's attached to it is your right to review that association. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, what's called, uh, if you are looking to purchase uh, uh, into an association, you're not only buying a structure or a property, you're also buying the association. Right. So the state of Minnesota gives you what's called a 10-day right of rescission period, uh, a 10-day window mm-hmm. to review the association. Everything from rules and regulations to bylaws, how does its board work, how are rules made, uh, down to financials. You know, um, yeah. especially if they're charging you, you want to know, you know, what am I getting for that money? Yeah. What are they doing for me? So that way, you know how to uh, budget your money, because if they could be covering certain things, you know, that are addressing your, you know, bud- monthly budget. So let's talk about the 10 day right of rescission period. Joe. Mm-hmm. So essentially what, what this is going to do for you is um, once you enter into a contract, you know, there is an attachment rider to it, which is this. Um, uh, right of rescission period. It has 10 days then for you to review all association documents. And then 10 days does not start until you get every piece of the association. And that is rules, regulations, declarations, financials. Um, anything else I'm missing? Minutes maybe? I, I would be honest and say I wasn't listening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was already moving on to the... Wow. I see how this goes. <laughs> no, but I get... Uh... Uh, yeah, I mean, you the, the full set of documentation uh, that your agent's going to get for you. And, and again, with one of the clocks in the contract, it's when it's delivered to your agent. So if it's delivered Monday at 3 o'clock, mm-hmm. the clock starts ticking on that 10 days the following day, Tuesday, mm-hmm. at 12.01 a.m. Yep, and you have 10 full days to review all the associations. Until 11.59 p.m. on the 10th day. Yep. Yep. And then that then that period, if you feel uncomfortable about anything that is part of, the, part of that association, um, whether it's something that that you don't feel agree with or whatever it, it might be, then you can go ahead cancel the contract and get your earnest money back and move forward with something else or do something different. So in our pre-discussion, I had asked you, Joe, how how often? Because most people. 
um, there's a lot of questions that get answered before you go in there, right? Right, and we'll kind of cover some of those, but like a, a pet, yeah, you know, you're not looking at condos that prohibit pets. Yeah, you should know that. Point yeah, of that's usually team. your buyer's hot button. So over the course of your uh, lengthy real estate career, how many people have you had cancel? I think one or two. Yeah, and usually it's not due to exactly the association. Um, might be due to some other things going some on. Some other influence, yeah. Yeah. But it is a backdoor to the contract. Yeah. Essentially, there is no reason why you can't cancel for some reason. And not that, in a great example with your two and the length of your career, it's not a backdoor that people generally use. There's something else going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the state um, regulates that that um, us as agents and sellers have to give this 10 days to the, these buyers. Yeah. And that's why it's there. Well, and it's fair. I mean, you like we say, you're buying a structure and you're also buying an association. So, yeah, you should have every right to pick it up, look at it at every angle and decide whether it's the right spot for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, with that being said, uh, I don't think this is as hot button a topic as possible, but it needed to be talked about in our discussion. Uh, self-managed versus professional management. Yeah, this is a great one. Um, it really does have different personalities to it and how it's going to run run your association. So describe a self-managed association, right? Yeah. So that would be a smaller building, likely not, you know, that hundred unit condo building or the hundred unit townhome complex that you're going to run into. It's really probably going to be that uh, four to 10 unit building or four to six unit complex. And most of that might be cost driven. Like they don't want to hire a professional management company, pay those fees a bunch of owners draw short straws, decide to be the president, vice president, treasurer, secretary. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, I find a lot of times with the self-managed, it tends to be a lot more informal, mm-hmm. but there's still rules. Yep. There's still structure and there's still an HOA fee. Yep. It's a little more relaxed. Like you say, there's like, if you're, for example, if you're in, inside this, the um, tier of the city, you know, it's a small condo building, um, and it's in, built in, you know, pre-1950s. A lot of those will have small associations, and a lot of them will then self-manage, which you can and can't do, which maybe will allow you to do certain things with the property opposed to these big associations like gardening or stuff like that where, you know, you can do some different things outside of property. Yeah. Well, and I think that kind of, you know, I'd like to roll into kind of rules issues. We talk about... People don't, uh, that right of rescission period, very seldom it's rare that someone backs out during that time frame, but they are reviewing the condo during that time frame. And a lot of times it's because they've they've gotten a lot of answers to their lifestyle mm-hmm. before they get to that point. If they're out looking at something with an association attached to it, um, a, a, an example I shared with you, um, when we are out looking for our last home, it's a single family home. There's a neighborhood association. We have a dog. We knew we were going to want a fence, right? So you're looking for a, a single-family house. And let's just step back and talk that single-family houses, they definitely can have associations, especially in the last 20-ish years. These newer developments have the associations that regulate smaller things. It's not going to tell you specifically um, what you can and can't do there, or you can help maintain your house. But it's going to tell you certain ideas. Well, and that's the danger, I think, as an agent. You and I started talking about is that sometimes you go, you're you're out looking at single families. Your brain isn't even on associations. Mm-hmm. 
Right. You're thinking, I'm looking at a single family. I got freedom to do whatever the hell I want with my property. Right. Right. And all of a sudden you're in a neighborhood, Egan, Woodbury, some suburb, mm-hmm. and you find out that there's an association attached to it. It may be an active association. Mm-hmm. It may be an inactive association. But the reality is there's an association. Yeah. And as agents, sometimes we get in this weird little area where we're interviewing our seller and the seller says, well, yeah, I mean, I, I guess there's an association, but I, I sent them a check like 15 years ago. <laughs> right? Yeah. And you go, well, that's an association. Yeah. Do right? They, do they do anything for you? Well, they really haven't done anything in 10 years. Yeah. So that seller's in this weird spot. Do I disclose that there's an association or is there not really an active association? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the property I started, uh, the, my personal home, mm-hmm. we knew we had a dog. We knew we were putting it in a fence. Right. Right. The fence needed to be approved by the association. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some associations you and I talked about don't allow fences. Right. So you're in a single family home thinking, oh, yeah, I'm going to put up a fence to keep my dog in. And turns out that the, the owner, uh, the owners in the association have all decided we prefer green space. Right. To seeing off a bunch of sectioned off yards. Right. So... You know, at that point, as a as an agent, you're looking at your buyer saying, "Well, how comfortable are you with, you know, invisible fencing?" Or I'm standing there in the in the window overlooking the backyard, and I realize, "Oh, there's no fences." Yeah, you're you're definitely doing that that search around, and after that uh, first look at the house, you're like, "I love the house," and then you start start talking about their needs, and a fence comes up, and you're like, "All right, do you does anyone see a fence as they drove in? Did anyone see a fence as they looked out the back window?" No. Okay, well, there's probably a good chance there's no fences. Yeah, it's not that this neighborhood hates fences. There's a rule that says you can't have a fence. There's always, there's always one one neighbor that has a fence. So it's it's, it's always just, just the association or not just the neighborhood. Yeah. So uh, that brings us to some of those issues buyers should be focused on, right? The ones that, that, that are, are, let's say, are, are important for decision making. And as an agent, you know... I. I'm asking those questions. I'm pretty in tune to what they're trying to accomplish with this move. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I got a buyer that loves to work on their car. Yeah. Right. But they're looking at a townhome. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, you should be able to work on your car in your garage. Yeah. Probably not out in your driveway. Right. If you do, you change your oil in an afternoon. No big deal. Yeah. But if you've got the hood up or you've got the car on blocks and you're, yeah, you you might be running into an issue. Yeah, well, it it, it really depends on who's the one going to call the issues out. A lot of times, it's you know, it's that's certain, a that's a good one. Because if if you needed to you know change your battery out on your, in your car, and you're like, I can get better light if I, I stand outside and then drive away, opposed to inside my, my garage. Yeah, you know, you might get Betty next door. You know, I'm calling. Hey, what are you doing with your car? We don't want your car up on blocks and be left there for a but week. if you're putting your car up on blocks to change out your battery joe you're doing it wrong <laughs> <laughs> well this is the garage i i'm trying to figure that out myself right now yeah right <laughs> so uh pets like i'm in tune with pets there's associations that don't allow uh certain pets townhomes where you think oh yeah you can have a pet they may have a number limit height breed weight yep is it every time I say something, you say something? like? Yeah, let's, let's go back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, rentals, right? Rentals is another one. Um, they might regulate the percentage of how many, how many are rentals. 
Um, so only say 10% of your um, association can be rentals. Yeah. And if you reached your max, you can't rent, it, rent out your unit until yeah. someone drops off, off that rental. Uh, 55 or older buildings. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, that's another one. So that, then they can regulate. Um, 55 and older, they have a maximum percentage of 20% mm-hmm. that can be under the age of 55. Mm-hmm. Most of those buildings aren't pushing that, but I've noticed a trend. Uh, where uh, that number is getting bigger. Yeah. Where normally it was two, three percent. All of a sudden they're tickling 15, 18 percent. Right. Under 55. So, but in order to maintain that status, they have to grilling. That's another one. Let me, let me go, real, oh, go real, ahead. real quick back to rentals. Uh, rentals can be an issue um, with your financing too, as well. I shouldn't just note that. That's a good uh, one. Because FHA only allows certain types of uh, um, rent, how much rentals, and they're going to um, be looking at the not the association numbers. So, if you are in looking for associations and it has so many rentals, and you're looking at FHA, that should be a question we should be be talking about. And unfortunately, that's something that you. You get further down the road. You are in the right of rescission period before you find out. The underwriter goes, hey, we're looking at the numbers here, and there's too many rentals in this association. Right. Is this, are these numbers correct? They're, they're, yeah. they're asking. Yeah. You know, essentially, and yeah. most of that has to do with when we're out looking, let's say you have an FHA mortgage. Uh, part of what we're doing as agents is trying to find properties that are FHA approved. Mm-hmm. And that means that the association has gone through the process with that's another part of it too. Uh, yeah, gone through, got themselves approved as an FHA approved property, which is very valuable for the property, mm-hmm. but it requires a lot of administration to get that approval. Mm-hmm. And, and not, not every association is going to. Oh, if they're self managed, they're not going through it. That's true. You know, and if they are managed by a professional management company, they may charge extra to try and get that approval. But it's worth it for your building, especially if it's a bigger building. You know, the smaller yeah. buildings they tend to not agree. Uh, some of the other ones that kind of get people grilling and gardening, I think we kind of touched yeah, on that. Yeah, and then that's definitely an important thing for a lot of people, especially if they're coming from a single-family house and they want to continue to garden, they want to continue to grill. Yeah, so you know? you're in a townhome, you may find out there's a deck and they don't allow grills on the deck mm-hmm. from an insurance standpoint. Mm-hmm. So you can still have a grill, but you got to pull it out from the garage. Mm-hmm. Or you find out in the rules that, no, you can't even do that. Yep, or... or- Yep. The gardening portion. Everything needs to be in pots on your patio yep. or on your deck. And it's to put away um, during the winter or something like yeah, that. Yeah, there may be rules, yeah. right, that you just sit there and go, yeah, I can't live under those rules. Other than the same kind of thing, there's people, that there's certain rules that you can't put, you can't dry your, your, your beach towels on your deck, something like that. And people have, have issues with that stuff. You know, there's simple things like that. They don't want, you know, what I should say there, what associations are trying to do is you're trying to regulate the outside look. Everything's going to be uh, um, the same, and that's and that's why yeah, it they, comes they, off as a pain in the posterior, somewhat a trendy name Karen type thing where they're running around <laughs> pushing on people. But the reality is they're trying to protect the integrity of the association yep. and the the value. And that same thing, some associations are going to if if you're in your single family association that you're in. You know, they may regulate what colors your house can, can be. So when you come to reside in your house, you're like, oh, well, I want to do this great green color. And like, no, no, no. It's got to be in the earth tones. That's my, my neighborhood. Is earth it? tones. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. You don't realize it till you're driving around. You're like, oh, gray, brown, gray, brown, blue, gray, brown, beige. A lot it, of beige. The, 
well, that's pretty common. Uh, well, they don't, they don't want that person coming there going, you know what would be nice? A purple house. Yeah, lime green. Lime green. Yeah. Bring back the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I was going to roll. Uh, did, are you? I think that's that, you those are the, the, the more, more hot buttons ones. Yeah, so I think we're okay. So the next uh, subject I thought we'd talk about is HOA fees. That's kind of a hot button, right? Yeah. Now. What are they covering? Yeah. Uh, and we're seeing a trend where HOA fees are uh, going up. Just like inflation. Quite significantly. Uh, I, I don't think it's <laughs> inflation <laughs> driven. So I remember you'd walk into a condo building and the HOA fees, so the homeowner association fees, HOA, mm-hmm. uh, are 600 bucks, mm-hmm. And people would fall over. Yeah. What the hell am I getting for six hundred bucks? Better include heating and cooling, and it usually did. It usually does, right? You yeah. look at it, six hundred bucks. Well, it includes heating and cooling. That's hundred fifty bucks a month, and mm-hmm. you're no longer paying homeowners insurance because the structure's insured. So that's hundred and fifty bucks a month. Yeah, you're still carrying an HO six policy, which we'll talk about in just a minute. Yeah, but there was that whole perception that six hundred bucks. That's just crazy. Um, now it's you know, if I see one for three hundred fifty dollars a month for a, a townhome, like one I looked at yesterday, mm-hmm. the comment I'm out of my buyer's mouth is, "Well, that's pretty reasonable, <laughs> right? Three hundred fifty bucks a it month. Be, that used to be two hundred dollars for those things." Yeah. So, um, so why don't we uh, talk about the HOA fees? So a lot of times they'll include there's a there's things that are incorporated in that fee. You know, we just talked about heating and cooling. That could, so that would be like a larger type of condo building, very likely, because um, they have their own central heating plant, central heating cooling system, and it's all regulated um, by the association. Yep. Uh, there's uh, uh, things like water, sewer, mm-hmm. uh, trash, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes included in that fee. Uh, you know, and then, of course, the, the part that, you're really looking at when you're looking at an association is you've got a structure that may be 15, 20, 30, 40 years into its life cycle. You know, what's the plan on maintenance? How much money is being put towards reserves mm-hmm. for siding, for roof? So, right? yeah, what you're, what you're saying is is one of one of the, the things can be ticked off what they're responsible for is this outside maintenance. You know, so siding, the roof, you know, stuff like that, the sidewalks, the driveways, you know, stuff like that that is considered association. Snow and lawn. Snow and right? lawn. Right? Yep. So, I mean, those things all add up. And they're services that you're buying into. Mm-hmm. But you want to make certain if you're buying an association that that stuff is being addressed. What's in that fee? Mm-hmm. How much of it? What am I responsible for? Because if you buy a single family home, yeah, you're responsible for painting it every five, six years. Right? Yep. You're responsible for resealing the driveway. You're responsible for... You know, uh, there's a, a a leak from the exterior. We talked about ice damming last week, right? Yep. That's something you call an association. You go, hey, we got ice dams here. Yeah. Right? What's going on here? Yeah. And they Someone would, needs to come out, fix the exterior issue because it's affecting my interior issue. Yes. Right? Yes. Or my interior space. Because essentially, as a as townhome association, you own the interiors of the walls in. Yep. You know, so you're also for the windows, the doors. Everything like that, but outside is technically association's responsibility in we, most cases. We talked about, you know, it does include insurance. The structure itself is insured, but... Normally. No, well, it's, 
yeah, if, if those buildings are tied together, there's a blanket insurance policy. Right. So that in the event that your neighbor's place starts on fire and causes your place to start on fire, they're all tied together. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. A blanket policy. Because usually an insurance company isn't going to insure one quarter of a whole. Right? <laughs> That's usually the case, yes. So, uh, you know, one of the things I usually describe to buyers is that they're going to carry an additional insurance policy called an HO6 policy, mm-hmm. which is like a renter's insurance policy. Correct. You're insuring, you know, when you're buying an association, your insurance agent's going to ask to see a copy of the insurance binder. Yep. So you're going to find this association, uh, the binder. It'll be there. part of those condo docs that are yep. in that 10-day right of rescission period. And your insurance agent's going to want to look at it because they're going to want to see what's insured. And what's not insured? Like, does the insurance cover kitchen cabinets, mm-hmm. right? Does it cover floor coverings? So they want to make certain that you're not overinsured or underinsured, right? Yep. So they're going to fill in the gaps. If it doesn't include kitchen cabinets, they want to make certain that that HO6 policy is covering those items. The other thing they're going to take a look at is the insurance costs have started to drive up some of these HOA fees. The deductibles have gone up from ten thousand dollars per incident to twenty-five to fifty. I'm hearing fifty thousand dollars per insurance incident, mm-hmm. and I heard one yesterday. The insurance policy doesn't cover the roof. That's a big fifty one. grand on the deductible, and it doesn't include the roof. That's a big deal. So uh, the insurance agent I was talking to yesterday said, "Yeah, a lot of these associations now should require." that all of the homeowners supply a copy of their HO6 policy and that it uh, uh, have deductible gap coverage so that in the event that there's a major loss at your association and they turn around and say, yeah, we've got a $50,000 deductible and it's spread over 20 buyers or 20 homeowners, uh, your HO6 policy steps up and covers your deductible. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, how much does that cost? And he says, well, of course, it's dependent on your level of insurance, the amount of deductible that they're covering. But he says, about 10 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Well, hell yeah. Yeah. You know, I hate paying for insurance, but when I need it, that seems pretty reasonable. Yeah. Well, at that point, right? it's almost, almost, almost a guarantee. So, you know, the, the HOA fees are kind of, um, it's something that, uh, every buyer's aware of because it affects their affordability. Let's say you're looking to purchase at 300, but the HOA fee is 900 bucks a month versus 400 bucks a month. It's huge. Yeah, the affordability of that place might have just stepped out of your realm of affordability. Right. Which, which is also why a discussion has always had. You know, if you're looking at this at the property and you know, like, oh, this looks great. All right, Joe, what's what's the association fee? Well, it's uh, 365. Oh. That's a, that's a little rough. I'm not sure I can, I can I can make that work. But what does it include? And it includes the X, Y, and Z. And like, okay, well then I can possibly make that work because it, it doesn't it includes the water and the sewer, the trash and the heat, and so then it makes more sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, and it should be also understood too. The HO six policy is um, more like renters insurance, like you said. So you know, if in a typical single family house, we're looking at about fifteen to two hundred. That's gone. That's gotten out of hand too. Right. So like maybe around two thousand dollars for a single family house, give yeah. or take a reasonable size. Yeah. But an HO six policy is more like three hundred oh, to four or yeah. five hundred dollars 
per year. Yeah. And so if you break it down per month, it's a lot less than a, a single family association. Yeah, single family. Single family uh, residence. Yeah, you could be paying 200 bucks a month versus... 300 bucks for a full year on the HO6. Yeah. Right. Because, again, it's, carrying, it's just covering your interior of your unit. Your clothes. Like your clothes, your your possessions, you know. All those seven TVs you got in your house. <laughs> right? I mean, you got, it adds up. It does. You know? It does. So, um, the, the last thing I wanted to talk about was uh, assessments. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about the HOA fee including reserves, right? Yeah, so, so back to that 10-day right of rescission, right? So you're going to get the financials, you know, so you're going to get a copy of what association is doing with their money. Um, at that point, it's their, their balance sheet of, you know, comings and goings of the association fees plus their um, cost of all their doings. And then they're also going to have reserves. Most good associations will have reserves. And so a rough situation, a siding situation, you know, all those things that come up that could be, you know, maintaining the, the, the house, the units, stuff like that, it's going to be available there to then, then pay for those things not every association does it so like for example what, what what have you run into well was there a specific example you wanted me to bring up it wasn't but if i, I, I <laughs> what if i start going into talking about something and jill's like i wanted you to talk about that <laughs> um, no i i is so Let's say the roof is ten years out from having to be replaced, mm-hmm. right? I you got me standing there and I look at it and I'm looking up because I'm looking at the roof. Yeah, it's part. And I go, well, yeah, it's a, it's a twenty year shingle and it looks like we're probably got five years, eight years left on it. You know, it's near the end of its life cycle. I'd like to see that there's some reserves in there, if not just a total amount, a plan that says uh, the roof, right? We're, we're well, some associations, uh, Kensington, I think they just spent like $5 million in roofs out there. Mm-hmm. Well, that's... <laughs> I hope you have reserves for that stuff. Otherwise... Well, I... the, you're planning for it. And that's part of when we talk about self-managed versus professional management. You know, a professional management company, they're hired to come in, uh, do a plan, an assessment. Yeah. They, they've, you're they've, paying for them to do it. They yeah, should be doing it. Yeah, they've organized, you know, what uh, and staggered um, what the costs are going to be for siding, roofs, driveways, sidewalks, you know, things like that, you know, that they've already planned that out. You know, things can go sideways with uh, an association insurance claim, but it doesn't mean that they haven't planned it out for it. And well, if they have enough reserves for it, then they're not looking to you, which we just are kind of queuing in right now is the assessments that could happen. Yeah. So if you say um, the that self-managed company isn't or self-managed association isn't ready for that, and they have to they find that their siding is crumbling or cracked or broken. Yeah. Um, what are they gonna be doing? Well, they tend to band-aid it. They try and f- they try and figure out what's our least costly way to do it. Very seldom do all four homeowners go, yeah, let's take out a loan and reside the entire building. Right. You know, but then the same as soon as that, at some point they're going to pay for it. So if they're not having been budgeting for that twenty thousand dollars to to do that uh, siding on that one side, or all four sides, whatever the money amount is, yeah, then they're going to be looking at you to assess uh, what. I've got costs. one active right now that's looking at. They've got a million and a half in reserves for windows, mm-hmm. and their last bid was six million dollars for the windows. A little low. So they're looking at a twenty-five year loan to finish up the project 
So that's huge. That makes a massive difference on on it's a way better in a ten year loan that they were originally looking at. <laughs> well, that's, that's part know? of it, yeah. But what I'm mostly concerned about is a one is you're buying into this association. This makes the viability of the property and the sellability bit less for the seller. Also, the buyers are like, well, I'm not sure if I really want to get into an association that isn't prepared for this stuff. Yes, and that's what you're there to look at. Look at the financials. Look at the rules. Um, you know, if if you're someone that likes to participate, get an idea of you know how do the bylaws work. If I want to be active in this association, how does that work? Mm-hmm. How do we become president? Yeah, you know? yeah that'd uh, be great. Yeah. So we're at 28 minutes. I think we got a good general discussion on some topics that I hope is useful for people. This is great because I, I think it's really important for buyers, you know, this timeline. And you want to make sure, as Scott mentioned before, when you're going into buying an association, you want to make sure you know everything you're going into the association for. You want to know all the rules, all the regulations, the costs uh, affects you. Because if you live it for 20 years, you're going to see the extra costs. But you want to know that, you, that you're prepared for it. That they're planning. Yeah. That word pops up a lot in our podcast. Mm-hmm. Planning. Be organized. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not, someone else is. <laughs> right? I hope so. <laughs> yeah. That's what you're paying for. <laughs> All right. So we'll wrap that up. Uh, thanks for stopping by the garage. I'm Scott Lenahan. I'm Joe Ubel. 